Welcome to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, where we celebrate the craft of poetry. Each week, we feature interviews with incredible poets and artists, including Olivia Gatwood and A.E. Stallings, and original poetry read by the authors. I'm your host, James Moorhead, poet laureate of Dublin, California, and author of Canvas and Portraits of Red and Gray. In this week's episode of the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, we're excited to bring you part two of the Patagonia Poet Laureate Celebration, featuring Poets Laureate from across the Bay Area. Our next poet um, is King Sujoga. Uh, King is an educator and poet. She earned an MFA from Baroque University and has published two books of poetry, the newest of which is Wild Wing from Manic Deep Press. She is the poet laureate of Alameda, California, and her work appears in numerous anthologies, including the upcoming anthology Hermanos and Eat Not Be. She believes that creating community through art is a revolutionary act. King curates and hosts a poetry and music series, The Last Supper Party, for the SF International Arts Festival. The next one is Saturday, June 4th at 6 p.m. at 1222 Sutter Street. Give it up for King. start with one poem from my book called Why Not? Remember the unthinkable, speak the unspeakable, tell tales of the dead until they squirm and spin in their graves. Why not be recklessly wise, humbly audacious, foolishly sublime? The connections slither like water snakes between us, barely visible, wildly infused and alliterated by one another? Why not smash the imaginary pains of self, shed the scales so we might see, might touch, might hold, might correct our use of pronouns, no more I, he, she, or they, only we. We the creatures, we the fir tree, sweet pea and madrone, we the stones and the river, we the cow and farmer, we the swallow and the raven, we the bone and skull of ancestors, we the honed and homeless, we without predicate, we who long for one another, even in the stench and filth of steerage, on this one boat, this one passage, this one planet, this one universe. Why not? are not primetime features, though the screen seethes with 50,001 wincingly brutal human murders. I am unable to find the single apple of its 20 bags of camping gear for the starving horse in Utah, though she bobbed and spoke in sharp, hopeful, hungry syllables. But we feed the stray and starving creatures in motel parking lots and restaurant sidewalks all the way from Bakersfield to Hopi Land and back. It is the wild we seek and mourn. Within this city-scaped and scarred shroud of grief, the creatures extract prophecy 
with exacting and despairing eyes. What they become, we become. What we become, they become. Thank you. Mixing things up a little, this is called Homeland. The U.S. president nobly clamors to harbor Ukrainian refugees and requests another $33 billion in aid. While caged or waiting, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Salvadoran, Honduran refugees languish at our own borders. And all the refugees from all the countries that we have invaded, governments overthrown, dictators installed, we abandon like candy wrappers on tombstones. And our very own refugees are dumped in the streets, swept and pushed around our very own cities to fend off rats and garbage. But those bombed out homes look so familiar. Shoes lined up at the door, white pianos among the rubble, refrigerators and dishwashers akimbo. We will harbor refugees brought from Putin's terrorism, but not our own. We have the resources to feed the world, house the unhoused, heal the sick. But no, we pick and choose. We are selectively sympathetic, stingy with our generosity, except for the country that mirrors ours, not the dark ones with shacks and shanty towns, not the ones whose citizens have become indentured to violence. No, let's not show too much love. If all homeland, if all land is homeland, why is it so hard to live here? <laughs> Pandemic Requiem. The sky remembers solace when the wind enters our estuaries of anguish, pillaging sunset and sunrise. The voices of the world echo prayers for reprieve that catch on barbed wire, bordering then and now in umbilical remembrance. The steel wool of sorrow scours each breath, cleansing our palates for, palates for another taste of death. Where banal bangles and baubles simmer and blaspheme in vestibules of shame, we keep trying to scrub clean. Making entreaties to unforgiving gods, we wallow in a muddle of shades and shadows like Hansel and Gretel, like Daedalus and Icarus, like Urashima Taro. Try to remember a whim toyed with on a summer's day when time was a tree of ripe figs and each moment blossomed with flavor and languor. And this one... called Pandemic Gifts. The shine of you who speak your heart in little squares on ten-inch screens, squeezing poems from pandemic like lemons, limes, and mangoes suddenly linked across cities, states, nations, continents, places we only dreamed or never dreamed of visiting to hear our hearts mirrored, our words intertwine and coalesce in the sanctity of our humanity where we recognize ourselves, 
over and over in the boxes on a screen, in a room at a table or desk where we listen and breathe in the prayers and whispers of our two, four, 24 or more souls. Newspeak. The words come in mighty torrents without distinguishing between what and who. Endless words in posts and articles, in elegies to clothes, cars, and princess cruises. My head explodes from words cut from myth and breakfast cereal and repeating invitations to take medications for maladies we don't have, don't know we have, or don't really need to cure. Words used to be toys I took out to play when the moon shone in my window, when the cat sprawled on my bed, all silence and space like tinker toys. Joined and arranged in patterns or thrown on the floor like pickup sticks, allowed to run amok like marbles on concrete or neatly bricked and stacked. Now words are knives and swords that slice the world into bite-sized morsels, Gradients of meaning torn away, canned and slippery implications, telegraphic and pared down to headlines, headlines with no explanations. Freighters of words crisscross the oceans. Nothing is made in its home language, but foraged or borrowed or stolen from something televised, Facebook, Snapchatted or Twittered, marinated in misunderstandings, cheap talk. How will we learn to speak authentically to one another, to ourselves? Thank you. I wanted to read this poem about Mario Gonzalez, who was a man who was killed in Alameda by the police. Because um, I don't want it to be forgotten. The police have not been um, prosecuted. And it's so much like the George Floyd um, scenario that I thought you should know about it. Mario Gonzalez relaxed in a park in a sparkling, clean, and gentrified city. Maybe he had a bit to drink. Maybe he was tired. Or maybe he was relaxing after a good or bad day. Houseless men and women sit on park benches every day in this bastion of inviting greeneries, not forced onto their bellies, need a back and handcuffed until dead. What did he do to incite this savagery? Which pogrom-tainted page did he turn? How did he violate this patch of garden? Why was his ticket to sit revoked? When did this become a provocation to shackle? Who will raise his five-year-old son? Where does his world end and mine begin? Backyard bystander. Summer harmonizes every shade of green. Armed with coffee pot books and pen, I settle myself in a clearing and begin to write, but startle and recoil at the sound of heavy breathing and expect to encounter a heavy set man with wild eyes. 
seven, I see that I am completely surrounded by two stags staring, two does dozing amid hot cry and blue jay whine. The napping doe prefers that I do not talk. She is hot and breathes fast. I tell her that this is her world. I am only an interloper as she nods in the shade of a rhododendron bush. Later, a curious spotted fawn stops to stare into my eyes with the same curiosity as its human's cousins, as if I might be a new friend. And with breeze-blown tips, the ponderosa pine and Douglas fir pen prayers to sky the hawk carries to his god so that, that this may be so. This will be my last poem. It's not long. It's called The Sun That Will See. And um, uh, I wrote it about a, my son's godless godfather who died recently. And I think it's in honor of all the people who have died over the past time. Mm. The Sun Dappled Sea. The Sun Dappled Sea. The Moon Splintered Heart croons web pebbles and sand, weaves its frozen path, gold godwit and clover, with tinctures of remembrance, bloom on its shore before the door closes. My friend has died. Wings beat away the hours. There is nothing that I can do. Tiring of flight. Except write him a letter. Bleeding song. Extending gratitude and laughter. For myself and my son, the roof of sky collapses, who shimmer in this realm without recompense. We carry our suffering in bundles without shame that weigh down our arms, becoming sediment. And I wonder when, relentless, I can put this grief to rest and choking so that I may consume, as wildfire smoke, every jeweled moment, both singed and sacred. Thank you for listening.
country burned red and I cried myself to sleep, my bones knew this was coming. We ignored pussy grabs and homophobic rants, playboy chaos, blackout, drunk, frat boy antics, and too many ethic violations to count. Every day there's another constitutional crisis which might explain how we miss the signs despite neon lights flashing, 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 war zone ahead. Now, The Handmaid's Tale seems more memoir than fiction, and rights I took for granted as a teen slip away. Why does my wasted womb scare men so much? A better question, when will women stop sitting in second class, handing over the keys to a tarnished kingdom? We may have forgotten bitter lessons learned by mothers and grandmothers, but it's etched on our bones. Choice still equals freedom. For the last couple of years, uh, it, you know, as probably everyone here knows, um, April is uh, National Poetry Month, but it's also Autism Awareness Month. But I've been joking that in my house, every month is Poetry Month, and just like every month is Autism Month. So I thought I would read um, a couple autism poems. I have a lot of dark ones, but for you all here, I decided I'd go a little lighter. Um, so this one is called The Sensory Sentence. Twitch. Autistic meltdowns begin so slow. Easy to miss or ignore. Train myself to write down letters. A labyrinth to lead us home. Twitch. Twitch. Memorize your body's grammar. Study its stilted syntax. Puzzle over punctuation. Twitch. Stim. Twitch. Watch the clock. Hands parsing the day into measured and labeled phrases. Guard your level of calm as if it were gilded. Flat, flat, twitch. Your movements speak volumes I now read with ease. Our private language, building to a climax I halt just short of epiphany. Jump, shriek, jump. A trip to the park, stand and swing, stand and swing. Then we are back at the beginning once more.
building a bridge to the life you deserve. Building a bridge to the life you have earned. Jane Hirschfeld, I wish I remembered the poem. She has a poem that starts, they will say, and let's just say she kind of takes the opposite, she goes in the opposite direction. So, for that, they will say, they will say we did nothing, and they will be correct. We did little things, banned plastic bags, recycled cans, ate organic spinach. Boomers will say this was enough. No one knew how bad it would get. But we knew. We knew it and bought organic strawberries to pair with this finish. <laughs> This is called After the MRI. It should have looked like vacant tracks crossing quiet plains of your torso at night. Instead, it glowed with countless stars, a Milky Way wrapped around your spine. I had feared, no, expected a smattering, never this. So many brilliant shards terrifying yet strangely beautiful. You said the image made the disease unequivocally real. This was a one-way journey, no return possible. Struck mute by the enormity of the terrain mere passenger on this train of stars. Later, I would pace overgrown yard, search the sky for constant constellations. All was Lost again without atlas or compass, feeling my way in the dark, as you are. A youthful me yearned to explore, hang multicolored maps and fill them with pins, collect photos and postcards from places I'd been. First, my daughter, then you, took me beyond such places, beyond imagination. The night sky isn't colorful, but its comments whisper secrets as they flash. There are so many galaxies left to explore, including the one carving luminous paths in your body's landscape, strange tide of synapses pulsing on long forgotten shores. Perhaps the heavens had a plan when you flow to me. You say it's a trip best taken alone, but I've come too far to turn back now. Maybe this is my journey to explore human continents, follow fractured neurons wherever they lead. This one is um, for my grandmother. It still surprises me. It still surprises me how the cut grass smell of lettuce brings you to vivid life. How the salty sting of wind-blown sand waves crashing beyond speckled dunes reduces me to a child. How a pipe's burnt umber scent, a typewriter's worn clocking, erases fifty years. How the sweet crunch of caramel corn still echoes in my dreams. How newspaper clippings taped to index cards never fail to make me smile. 
how I can't read Steinbeck without hearing the quiet cadence of your voice. How a lonely desert landscape always brings you near. On the weekend that my dear friend's dad lay dying, something gnawed through the rind of the pumpkins on my porch. Not one, but three. Defaced, defiled, pale flesh exposed like half-moons peeking from a hospital gown. Annoyed, I rotated them, hiding the damage, unsightly and strangely unsettling. What, I wondered, had caused such devastation? Whatever it was, it chewed again by the light of a full moon in front, in full view, brazen devil. My friend texted her dad was on a morphine drip. It's harder than I thought, she said. In the morning, the once plump pumpkin sagged like melted candles sputtering in harsh light. They would not last the day. Sat on the porch steps and cried not knowing if it was for the pumpkins, my friend's father, or my aging parents. Perhaps all three. The air was unseasonably hot and smelled of rain that would not fall. So much of life is harder than I thought. Maybe we all should feast with soil-stained mouth, scatter seeds, ignore the mess. Toss the pumpkins beneath overgrown shrubs, let the cycle continue. Thanks, Cynthia. So we have one more poet this evening, and that is San Francisco's own Tongo Eisen Martin. Tongo Eisen Martin is a movement worker, educator, and poet who has organized against mass incarceration and extrajudicial killing of black and brown people throughout the United States. He has educated in detention centers from New York's Rikers Island to California's San Quentin State Prison. His work in Rikers Island was featured in the New York Times. He was also adjunct faculty at the Institute for Research in African American Studies at Columbia University in New York. Subscribing to the Ferrarian model of education, he designed curricula for oppressed people's education projects from San Francisco to South Africa. His latest curriculum on extrajudicial killing of black people, We Charge Genocide Again, has been used as an educational and organizing tool throughout the country. He uses his craft to create liberated territory wherever he performs and teaches. He recently lived and organized around issues of human rights and self-determination in Jackson, Mississippi. His books include Someone's Dead Already, and Heaven is All Goodbyes, and Blood on the Fog. Give it up for San Francisco's poor lawyer, Tom Weisner.
exists in so many places, so many random things. It interrupts me while I'm trying to think. Like your play correspondence, Lord. To be transparent, I have 20 books next to a bullet. Like an old man giving advice at the beginning of a revolution. I've already done it, Lord. Explored the mumbles of my mind. Explored what's naturally there, and I found no brainwashing. I found Africa, Lord. Out of future. It takes place in the diaspora south. I have morning possessions. Modern militancy. I mean, windows to the south. I will walk on the missile for food. <laughs> I guess you will not want flowers for a few years, Lord. Will I be tied face to face with the country I merged with this Lord? My old metal versus new metal. My old metal versus pool of meandering imperialist faces. A multiculturalism of sorts. The dead replaced me with a comedian's chest cavity instead of a chest cavity held tight. It takes a violent middleman for me to talk to myself. Stories that travel through other people's stories, a song about a song, a hemisphere about a hemisphere. Stories that travel through a conquered poet. My mother remembers Africa, Lord. She killed on behalf of you, Lord. I wore a machete all winter and no one asked me what it meant. I read 1,000 books in front of the world. What I do is fight poems and sleep through decadent San Francisco prisons. <laughs> Watch people play for post-working class associative services or recreations of a governor's desk, ruling class art of utility, playing fine sociopathic bureaucrat, a day some white people scared even easier. TV in a basket next to a ceramic baby, wearing ceramic armor, musket progeny, fantasizing through the art of the poor, their trendy latches locked before God, black art hunted down like a dog egg. Hand over my friends, Lord. Lord, I think I'm going to die over Unelected white people in my small house like a blue song with no spiritual effect, or a doghouse age bomb, or a pony show near dead bodies, or apartheid weddings that go right, apartheid white people who give birth to mathematicians, the spiritual continuity of various and police stations, a chemical interpretation of a Sunday trip to church. Church smells in their pockets, a river mistaken for a talking river. No autobiography outside of small personal victories of violence and drug use made in the image of God changes with white abolitionists confided in nature. <laughs> chemical assurances that they will switch from black artists to white artists, from black guy to white guy, from black worker to white worker. You know, I think about you cautiously, Lord. In the same way I think about my childhood, Lord. Foxhole Friday nights, most of life is mute. A comedian points out a planet's field to a priest. King Shuri Kang, King Cotton King, revolutionary to Bible Central. Containing all modes of shallow introduction introducing. An unlisted planet class speaking about fevers and balance sheets and reassuring the masses that we can figure out our fathers later. A priest took my mother lightly, Lord. Stood in front of parishioners re-raveling fantasies about black art. Priest reading confidently before I broke him and broke his parallel after the day I've never been a poet before. A little brother watches his big brother's friends. They leave rifles on sheltered walls that agree with me and call it literature. It's a simple matter, this revolution thing. To really lie to no one, to keep nothing godlike, to write a poem for God. I go to the railroad tracks and follow them to the station of my enemies. A cobalt-toothed man pitches pennies at my mugshot negative all over the United States. There are toddlers in the rock. I see why everyone out here got in a big cosmic basket and why blood agreements mean a lot and why I get shot back at. I understand the psycho spiritual refusal to write white history and take the glass feet white. White skin tattooed on my right forearm, ricochet sewage near where I collapse into a rat infested manhood. My new existence is living graffiti in the kitchen with a lot of gun cylinders to hack up. House of God in part, no cops in part, my body brings down to Christmas. The new bullets pray over blankets made from the old bullets. Pray over the 28th hour's next beauty mark. Extrajudicial Confederate statue restoration. The waistband before the next protest post day, by the way.
Time is not an illusion, Your Honor. I'm saying you're just left. Uh, you are witty, Your Honor. You're moving money again, Your Honor. It is only raining one thing. Non-white cops and prison guard shadows reminded me of spoiled milk flowing on an oil spill. A neighborhood making a lot of fuss over his demise. A new lake for a Black Panther party. Malcolm X's ballroom jacket slung over my son's shoulder. The figment of village. A new noose to a new white preacher. All in an abstract painting of a president. Boss slavery some time, didn't it? The tantrum screeches of military boss in election Tuesday car. A cold-blooded study in leg irons. Proof that some white people have actually found those nooses. As sundown couples made their vows of love over opaque peach plastic and bold action audiences, the Medgar Evers second is definitely my favorite law of science. Final news clippings and primitive Methodists, my arm changes imperialism. Simple policing versus structural frenzies. Elementary school script versus even white or white spectrum. All this bleeding in the challenge of watching civilians take a terrible rituals they have around the corner. They let their elders beg for public mercy. I'm gonna go ahead and sharpen these kids' heads and arrows myself and see how much gravy spills out of family crest by their fans of war. Whoa, 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 with their t-shirt poems and t-shirt guilt and me having on the cheapest pair of shoes on the bus. I have no choice but to read the city walls for signs of my life. You know, apparently too much of San Francisco was not there in the first place. <laughs> this dream requires more condemned Africans, or put another way, state violence rises down, or still life is just getting warmed up, or <laughs> army life is looking for a new church and ignored all other suggestions, or folktale writers have not made up their minds as to who is going to be their friends. You know, this is the worst downtown yet, and I've borrowed a cigarette everywhere. I've taken many a walk to the back of a bus that led on out the back of a storyteller's prison sentence, then on out the back of slave scars, but this is my comeback face. I left my watch on the public bathroom sink and took the toilet with me. Threw it at the first bus I saw, eating single mothers half alive. It flew through the bus line numbered and on out the front of the White House. Hopefully you find comfort downtown, but if not, we brought you enough cigarette filters to make a decent winter coat, a special species of handshake. Let's all know who's king. It was the lifespan of uniform cloth. This coffee needs to quit acting like those are birds singing. Rusty males have no wings, have no voice other than that of a white world dying their book pages in the gas pump. Catchy, isn't it? The way three nooses is the rule. Or the way potato sack masks go so well with radio codes. Or the way condemned Africans fought their way back to the ocean only to find ways made of. 1920s burnt up piano parts, European backdoor deals, and red flowers for widows who spent all day in the sun mumbling in San Francisco. Red flowers, but what's the color of a doctor visit? There are book titles in the streets. Book titles like Hero, you make a better zero, or Hey, Fur Call Lady, the President is Dead, or Penny Back and Children, or They hung up their bodies in their own museums, and other book titles pulled from a drunk solo. Run here, Hero, Live the Hiding Place. All the bullets and ten precincts know where to go. There's no heaven nor any other good idea in the sky. Politics means that people did it and people do it. Understand that when in San Francisco and other places that was never really there. I bet this ocean thinks it's an ocean, but it's not. It's a sixth Mission Street. I don't know who's king, king of thin things. You know, like America, I'm proud to deserve to die. I'm going to eat my dinner extra slow tonight in this police state candy dispenser you all call a neighborhood. No set of manners goes unpunished. Never mind a murderer's insomnia or the tea kettle preparing everyone for police sirens. Societies wander together like hopeful drops of a virus. Citizen testing is bent on offering me a nation of breadwinners to hold me back like it's a bricks. I wrinkle the concrete sometimes like flesh. My Martin Luther King permanence turned away from the podium into the reeds like God is a dangerous twin. Black August to the mountaintop balcony on my bedroom floor. You know, they steal you from the earth itself and suspend you and your broken neck from their foolish euphoria. From the loyalty of their great superstitions. Loyalty of their agrarian reform. I returned to my mother completely disrespected. For peeling the heat off of purgatory, they kill poets like me. 
walk me away from my poems never to be heard from again. In this final industrial complex, the bloodlines picked over, picked through, a sporting spiritual death that you definitely at least half made police become a pretty word. I'm reading a lynch mob shoestrings like they were tea leaves, <laughs> teaching you how to write about cities. It's the 25th century in the mirror, people. Tyranny against your chump change, get a chump to be mocked even with a gun in your car. A Cuba the needlework spell tune for the proletariat, the relapse ministry. Talented people curled up in a fetal position next to a diamond dime. Just another service day in the theatrics of tea house fascism and a bouquet of surveillance cameras in the poverty of God, new blue eyes, corpses of water, a newly potted presidency. On one big shiny coin, if you ask the animated capitalism, another non-literal voice killing this white freedom. The deification of hyphens, medicine, bread, and picture show. Great protesters in LA, guess who are in? Drop kicking roses in the graveyard. DC mink like a stone torn in half the pen advances, despite CIA guideposts, despite non-African past and futures, a metaphorical but not surreal day in a horn-written life horn player improvising can. Like a radio prize fight featuring Shango himself, a real hand sweeps the land of racism. Now return to the ground. Now make progress with the gun. On our mother Emmanuel, they put on music that evening. A swinging tight body language for you to drink with fermented $5 bills. For your body language, some applause, my past stomach lining. Neither a good thing nor a bad thing. Like being psychic on the way to a lethal injection. It'll sit you down with Lady Day. Lady Day leading you to surrender their souls to Africa too soon. Polly thought floating in a cup of water, she saved me. Accessing my stomach, accessing the love of the American lynch. Coach leaves wooden avalanche to the wrist. Our mother Emmanuel, avalanche to the shark keeps pain. The deal you make with pain. Piano makes sense for them. Laying hands on the world gradually. Addressing the bending necks on the streets of the north. Traveling sailing in pain with pain in the north. Ten trigger fingers on that piano if harmony would have me. Putting a hundred fights on every direction offered her. Lady Day, leaning on trees again. Recruiting the countryside itself. Saying, lay your plan out on this lightning. Make your poems according to pocket of men. I've greeted the blues itself. America may clean my dead body, but will never include me. There goes the poet. Killing without killing. Never mind this painting of your language. May I, be, may I be a meaningful lynching, a crow's passing, good and dead by the afternoon. Wings Poetry Podcast is written and produced by James Moorhead. You can follow me on Twitter at Dublin Ranch, subscribe to the Viewless Wings Poetry Podcast, and follow us on viewlesswings.com or on Instagram at viewlesswings.com.